welcome to a very special New Year's episode of the What The Fork podcast. We're considered doing a quiz. We're considered inviting Sam Allardyce back to the pod where he was busy. And Gus Poirier said it would be incredible for him to come back to the podcast, but he pulled out last minute. But fear not, we've came up with a plan that has should entertain everyone and show you just how little we actually know about football. But before I explain the format of the show, I will introduce you to our two guests today. First and foremost, Brad Sharp, regular. Brad, how are you doing? Are you all right? Yeah, I'm doing good, Graham. Thank you. Um, good to be back on after a couple of days. Not that I can remember much from the other one. Honestly, they're coming out like pops, these podcasts at the minute. I've never, never, ever <laughs> felt like this, but they are. They're coming out like pops. Um, and of course, joining us as always is Dave Lawrence. Dave, you all right? Yeah, very well. Thanks, mate. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm actually quite excited for this one. Not going to lie. Um, to all the listeners listening out thinking this is going to be great. Might not be. Might be awful, but I'm excited for it. That's what matters most. Today's podcast, to give everyone the format, as you probably noticed on the title, is going to be focusing on sun and cult heroes of the past and of the present. The format's really simple. We'll choose a formation and then in a round table sort of setup, we all get to choose one player to put into our cult hero starting 11 until we have that full starting 11. And to define what a cult hero is, I went for a Google definition. Of course, you've got to go for Google. That's what it's there for. Every football club has its cult heroes, it says. For one reason or another, these players stand out from the rest, earning their own nicknames or fan songs and leaving special legacies that will never be forgotten. So when in Sunderland's case, that's quite a large set of players with a variety of different reasons. So this football team might be the shitest football team you've ever seen, maybe the best, or it might be a mixture of both. But most importantly, we really hope that it entertains you. Um, as I said, we've got to choose a formation first and foremost. Now, what I've done, because I thought, how am I going to choose who goes first here? I've again done the internet thing. I went into Google and seen if there was a way to do a random generator. And apparently there is. Apparently there is. So I put Dave's name in. I put my name in. I put Brad's name in. I'm going to pick a random item and they get the choice of formation and the first pick. So I'm just going to do that just now. And the winner is, oh, it's me. Brilliant. Absolutely (laughs) excellent. That's exactly what I wanted. Absolute absolute fix. Absolute fix. (laughs) I I would show people that but we're an audio podcast which is such a shame um i'm actually not surprised i came out i'm very happy i'm gonna go with 433 because i think i think that's the right formation to have i think 442 is outdated unless you leicester city that won the premier league about five years ago and then it's obviously the best formation to have but i'm going with 433 um and i'm going to annoy brad because i know brad has a couple of right backs up his sleeve right but i'm going to go with a right back for my first pick and there's reasons for this right now, I said before, cult heroes leave a legacy for some one reason or another. So you could say Kevin Phillips, you could say Nal Quinn. There's plenty of players that have left legacies at Sunderland. But there's one particular player that was so shit that I liked him. And I still do like him. And I refer to him on a regular basis. And I always felt like he was going to come good. And he never really did. So in 4-3-3 formation, my choice is... Um, Donald Love. <laughs> Man, well, honestly, there's, a, there's any number that you could have went with. I, because we're of, uh, I say similar age, I think we are exactly the same age. We are. I thought, I thought you were going to go with Gareth Hall. That's mm. where I thought you were going with that. Because I dare say he was even worse than Donald Love, which is crazy. Um, but yeah, yeah, fair, yeah, I mean, well. I want to go back to that when you said about Gareth Hall, right? Now, when you think about Gareth Hall, I always remember not so much how bad he was, but the fact that he took Darius Kibitschke's consecutive record off him. Like Darius Kibitschke, for the younger listeners, would have played the most consecutive amount of games for Sunderland of all time. And we played Southampton away and he got dropped for Gareth Hall, who, again, for our younger listeners, imagine Don Love without all the lovable stupidness. And that's Gareth Hall, pretty much. Um he used to look worried whenever a winger came at him and, and maybe Gareth Hall would get in the worst right back or left back or midfield as we signed him originally. But but my choice is, is going to be Donald Love. Now, the second choice, obviously, is between Brad and Dave. I'm going to do a wee round table of that as well. Let's see who we get up next and they get the next choice. The next pick is Dave. Dave gets the next pick. Dave, who are you going with? Sorry, Brad. <laughs> oh, my God. This is, I tell you what, what a game this is, by the way. 4 3 3. You've got two centre halves, you've got left back, you've got three midfielders, you've got a goalkeeper. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go centre half. We'll go centre half first. It was probably one of the most exciting signings of the summer for me. 
at the time. And that, that just he was he was hard. He was actually quite a good footballer, if I'm honest. Brazilian centre half, Emerson Tom. Oh, what a shout that is. What an absolute legend. That is a tremendous shout. Emerson Tom, though, was the only Brazilian. I mean, he was good in loads of different ways, but he was the only Brazilian that had horrendous distribution. <laughs> yeah. He was he was a he was a good old English centre half. He was just like he, was. <laughs> he really was. He was I think it was four and a half million or something we got him back. Four and a half million, yeah. He was our record signing at the time. He was our record signing. Got him from Chelsea. Came in for 4.5 million. And he was. He was an English-Brazilian centre-off. Played alongside Jordi Craddock. I do specifically remember playing Chelsea away. And we won 4-2, as people remember. I think Gavin McCann, Don Hutchison scored twice. 2001, I think, maybe even 2000. And I remember specifically Emerson Tom was like riling the fans up. And I cannot quite remember why. I'm sure if I tweet Crabbers, he'll, he'll remind us why. But I'm sure Crabbers was in the process of getting like escorted out of Stamford Bridge for starting the riot. Um, and it had something to do with Emerson Tom. So for that reason alone, to be fair, Emerson Tom deserves his place. I mean, and Don Love slotting in alongside Emerson Tom. Emerson Tom's going to mop up every mistake that D Love makes. <laughs> I think I yeah. think that's a good start. To be fair, Brad, your choice is next, mate. Yeah, I'm going to go a goalkeeper, but I'm not going to go with the one that everyone would class as the cult hero goalkeeper. Who would that be? Before I'm you tell us who one. you're going to go for. Sorry. Who Who would be your Who do you think would be the obvious one? Oh, obviously Lionel Perez, wouldn't it? I would have said Tommy Sorensen, me. No, just for a cult hit, but for me, he, he played. I think he played at number two to Tommy Sorensen for a while. But there's always one game that stands out and he kept a clean sheet. Um, and I think the goal just got peppered and peppered and peppered. It's, and for some reason, he got a move to Chelsea. Jürgen Macho. Jürgen Macho. Jürgen Macho. <laughs> 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 at Sunderland for a few seasons and then got himself a, a move to Chelsea and didn't appear once for them. Um, but I loved him. I, I, I just, I think he just loved being at Sunderland and I think the fans loved him. Um, so, yeah, I... I it is a mention of Lionel Perez, but for me, Jurgen Macho, I just I love the block. And for that, I think there was we might have even played Liverpool, we might have got beat or drew against Liverpool, but we got peppered against Man United away and Liverpool away. And Jurgen Macho was just outstanding. It was a nil-nil draw. He saved they had 32 shots on target yeah. or something. It was like a record at the time, and he saved all of them. <laughs> and I, so, I'll tell you what, mind, a special shout out because there could be any number of cult hero goalkeepers. Mart Poom with that header against Derby. Martin yeah. Fuller, rest in peace, like was well loved. Tommy Sonson, the, the save against Shield, obviously. Yeah, I'll tell you what, mine and Graham's here, and going back to a right back as well. I, I could play this game all day. One of the, the time when I fell in love with Sunderland was probably like 91, 92. So I was only four or five year old. And I'll tell you what, you could take that whole team. John Keir. Tony Norman, Alec Chamberlain, put the lot of them in. Absolute worldies, the lot of them. I don't know whether this only makes sense to use lot, right? But someone mentioned Perez the other day because we played Cambridge and, and the guy came on. And I said to someone, I was like, you know who Perez reminded me of? And the, I can't remember who I said it to and I don't know what you're on about. So hopefully people listening do. But do you remember the hairdresser, Neville Ramsey? Yes. Like Lionel Press was this when he went short and blonde was the absolute spitting dabs of Neville Ramsey, and I don't know, don't know, don't know where Neville is. Great hairdresser by the way, fantastic barber. Um, was he in Blandford Street? I think, I think he was, wasn't he? Was it Blandford Street? I'm sure he had the upstairs at Blandford That's Street. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple of couple of doors down. Oh, where was it? Was it Geordie James or something like that? <laughs> It was a couple of doors down from Geordie Jeans, I'm sure. It wasn't Geordie Jeans, it was, was the... It uh, what was it? It was the... Um, oh, man. Gentleman Officers Club? Yes, yes, it was. Officers a, Club. Old school, old school. Brad's just looking at us going, what are these two talking about? <laughs> yeah, when he was born, uh, he fell in love with something when he was... In 91, I, I, I was just coming out with my mother then, so. <laughs> for my for me, it was really the start of the stage of my life. I remember, I think I went to one, one game at Walker Park. Um, can't remember a thing. And then 
yeah, it was stage of my life era for me. So all when you're talking before, and yeah, I've seen videos, and when we used to release the season videos for years and years and years. Um, but yeah, before before that, and then any shops in Sunderland or Newcastle or anywhere up that side, I haven't a clue until I, apart from going to the game until I was 17, 18 year old, I never ventured north of Hartlepool. So I was that in love with Sunderland when I was a kid. And I first went in 93, so I'm pretty much around Dave's era. I was that in love with Sunderland. I even bought the 96-97 season review. For those who don't remember that season, we got fucking relegated. Um, <laughs> yes, I've, I've still got that. Um, I, I got it from that one, and I think Super Kev's Hot 100 was one that, that I got on video as well. I've got loads of VHSs kicking about somewhere. Um, I've got Super Kev's Hot 100 at car boot. It was a quid. That's a penny for every goal. It's not a bad return, is it? I thought it was all right, me. Almost as good as value as he was. Um, I think it's my choice. Now, I'm going to openly admit I'm going with stupid choices, right? I know people will be listening going, oh, for God's sake, Graham, just choose like a proper cult hero like Borley or Alex Ray. I don't want to choose obvious ones because that would be <laughs> pointless. So I've gone for D-Love for me number one. My number, my number two, I don't even think you could really class him as a football player, but obviously his career at Sunderland ended really poorly. But there was a single moment in a pub after we got beat five and out of Celtic where he spent time in a pub. And I'll never forget his reply. For those wondering, Darren Gibson is my next choice. And the reason I'm choosing Darren Gibson is for the sole single line I don't want to be shit because that was exactly how every Sunderland fan felt at the time, just without the nine pints in them. Obviously he didn't have the greatest of inning at his career, but I'm choosing Darren Gibson because I'll never ever forget that moment that he was in a pub and he was just saying, Oh, well, no one cares. Oh, right. Well, who doesn't care? And he was like, well, you name them. And then the bloke was like, Dilla and Dong. And he was like, aye. So he didn't, he was like, there's one. There's right, there's another one. Next. There's that one. Was Next. And then the lad asked him, you, you, you're in the pub here off your face. And he went, Who is? <laughs> you are. <laughs> He's not, he wasn't a bad player, but he was just made of shredded wheat. He actually wasn't that bad in that small period, but that season was so horrific. But let's rewind back to Wolves away, right? Drew nil-nil, Cats got sent off. He was actually really, really good in that game, but then then he uh, uh then he smashed his car up. So we didn't really see much of it. Well, no, he done his groin, didn't he? That's right. When he started did his, groin, he his groin. Um, did his groin, and then I think he was on the comeback from injury, and then he decided to smash into people's cars on Good Friday. Oh, Darren, what you like? And then ended up at Salford. And <laughs> I don't know what he's doing now. Brought his leg at Salford. I was actually watching a documentary on Salford yesterday, the class of 92 or something full time. Brought his leg after four games at Salford. He's a current, he's currently a free agent. You spent a bit of time at Wigan. Just like most of our players have. <laughs> aye. Um, for some bizarre reason. So just to keep everyone updated with our fabulous cult hero team, which is looking decidedly horrendous at the minute, apart from one centre off, to be fair. We've got Jurgen Macho and Goal, Don Love and Emerson Tom. And at the minute, we've got Darren Gibson as the linchpin. <laughs> I said cult heroes, but it, I'm going by the definition, memorable for one reason or another. And what would be the point of me saying Bolly or Alex Ray? It's the obvious answer. So if you complain about not being Bolly, tough, turn off now. Um, David, it's your choice next for your next cult hero. Where are you going? Well, mate, again, just like absolute players that I loved. Had probably a little bit about them. And I'm going to go for a centre forward. He can slip in anywhere across the three. But I tell you what, mind. Like, absolute classic. And again, it's going back to probably getting a little bit older then. But if I see a centre-forward Cameroon international, who who are we thinking of? Can we, can we remember? Patrick. Patrick and Bomber. Patrick and Bomber. And just yeah. for the fact that his song is fucking legendary. What was his song again? That's gone on me yet. Bomber. He plays for Cameroon. He hits the first tune. 
<laughs> what an absolute legend, by the way. Uh, he, he scored one goal in seven games or something, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely shite. <laughs> Which is still well, a I better think record. I might only been eight or nine year old, right? And he played for Cameroon whilst he was playing for us. And that was at the point where Cameroon players were wearing vests. <laughs> I remember I that. I said to my yeah. dad the next time he played, is he not allowed to wear vests for us? I was convinced because he wore vests for Cameroon, he was going to have to wear vests for Sunderland. So I was expecting 10 players to run out with long sleeves on because it was the middle of winter. I think it might have been just after the gaff on. And then I looked at Dan Bomber and I said, Dad, why is he not wearing his vest? <laughs> and that's what sticks out for me on them. <laughs> I used to, stupid things you think as a kid. I used to, like, because we used to listen to it on the wireless. I still call it the wireless, like, because my nanny used to call it the wireless. And I, before I started going to games, like, 1990, 91, when I was, like, four or five, I remember we used to, like, huddle around the wireless to listen to games from Walker Park and that. And because everyone got so excited, probably because we were that shite when we got a corner, I thought a corner meant you scored a goal in the corner. So I used to think we were winning games, like, eight and out all the time. And I'm thinking, fabulous, these. What a great team. How were we 21st in the Ensley League Division 1? Like, then I went to the match and I was like, oh, right, because it's, ah, you get a free kick, but in the corner, ah, right, I get you. Um, funny things you pick up, though. But my first ever favourite player, I've come to think of it, was actually Derek Ferguson. Derek Ferguson. I had Ferguson, number five, in the back of my shirt. And I loved him. And I went religiously to Roker Park in, I think it was 93, 94, with my dad. And I was every day I used to say, oh, Derek Ferguson's going to score the first goal. Derek Ferguson and my dad was like, he's shite. He's not going to score the first goal. He's absolutely honking. Um, and he took this to the panto. I don't even like the panto, right? And it was Carlisle in the cup. Um, and Derek Ferguson scored the first goal. And I missed it. And Derek never scored again for something. And now he's uh, now he's an open goal. <laughs> so, it, so he's still doing better than us, unfortunately. But um, he's not my choice, by the way. I think it's Brad's choice next. My choice next. Um I was going to go the same as you, Graham, with some uh, funny pick. But I might, I might, I might try and bring one back in for the basic fact he's probably my favourite player that I've seen. I'm going to put him in midfield. Uh, he's had a hell of a career. but probably score one of the best goals I've seen live at the stage of my life against Tottenham. And that's Bolo's ending. Oh, I love Bolo. I just think no matter what club that man goes to, he's just loved Loved by the players, loved by the fans. And for me, I, I my mates used to wind me up saying, because every time I was like, I was just talking about what was ending and they'd be like doing stupid sex noises saying, oh, Brad, you love Bolo. Oh, Bolo. Bolo. Um, so for me, Bolo's ending, sitting there in midfield. Um, he was just a, he was just a class act at the time. We had, had a really good team as well. Um, but that goal against Spurs, where it just dropped over his head, I'll forever remember that one. Oh, just class, man. technique on it straight back in the far corner that was like I'd like to change my underwear you know he scored that goal against West Ham on his last game and he was captain and I'm thinking oh whoever gets Bolo is getting a cracking player getting a really good player here and he no one picked him up that was his last act as a football player like I still feel like Bolo's ending at 45 year old or whatever he is, could probably fit into our midfield no bother I, I, he, he was so good and it was never about pace it was never about like speed and out like that he was just cultured wasn't he that's a cracking shout that ball was ending that is a tremendous shout it's going to make my shout look absolutely fucking ridiculous um, <laughs> but he's got to be in um, I was a bit worried that Dave was going to take him when he mentioned centre forwards um, <laughs> <laughs> but there's no way on God's green earth that I can leave out the one and only Milton Tyson Nunes. <laughs> it was a toss-up. <laughs> Trust me, it was a toss-up. It was a toss-up. I mean, what a bloke. Failing of Milton Nunes and the whole stadium's waiting. None of the social media, so you got to see him before. And <laughs> when you signed Milton Nunes, and everyone started clapping and looked and went, I don't know, what, who's he? <laughs> signed the wrong player. And I was like, I asked my dad, who is he? And my dad and my granddad both went, I haven't a clue, son. He's not the one that I thought we were signing. You remember when so he yeah. came out half time, though, and he did like the kind of like the, the shadow boxing because his nickname was Tyson. Like he did like the shadow boxing. No, but Milton <laughs> has to be in there, doesn't he? Like he just has to be. Like I think, I think, right? Bold statement, but for the 
for complete wrong reasons, he might be the ultimate cult hero for me. Yeah, I definitely think he's up there, mate. Like, I don't think anyone could argue with it. He's so memorable. Definitely. I think, I tell you what, when I think of him, there's, it, like, I think of fraudster footballers. Just, but he, he had this infectious smile and stuff. And the only one who I can think was a bigger fraud, and I've just double-checked it on my phone and good old Google, was nothing to do with Sunderland. But do you remember the story about... Uh, Southampton, Ali died. Sunes. Ali died. Sunes gets told that he's Sunes. George Weir's cousin. That's the one. <laughs> like, that's the one. And Sunes was like, yeah, get him in. Get him in. We're struggling for a centre forward. He came on, and I've, I'm sorry if I'm wrong, but I think he lasted nine minutes of his debut and he got pulled off again. Nine minutes <laughs> and he took him straight back off. <laughs> oh, dearie me. And I, I genuinely think, Tyson Nunes, and I remember watching Nunes in a reserve game. And where will the reserve game be at the time? But oh, I watched Durham. Durham. Durham, I Durham, Durham, and literally I watched him, and I think he played up top with Kevin Kyle. You know, <laughs> I think <laughs> so. You can imagine. I mean, to be honest, that's how Sunderland rocked at the time. We always believed that, like Quinn and Phillips, that was the way to go. So it was Kevin Kyle and Milton Nunes up top. And it was just like, wow, this is just wrong. Right, that, that Sunderland have made mistakes in signing. Do you ever remember when Steve Bruce was linked to a strike when he got shot in the head? Yeah. Um, Cabanas? Yeah, was he Colombian? I think so. Colombian? Aye. And did, he, did he not miss a penalty or something and got shot in the head? No, that was that was the guy from the no, World Cup. No, that was another Colombian. Yeah, that was, was the king in the world. Yeah, Cup, that's right. Him. Yeah, that's right. We were like linked to him, and then it was like, oh, the Colombian striker deal <laughs> is is now dead because he's got literally, shot in the head. Literally. <laughs> but he came. But I think he came back. I think he came back from it. I think he. I think he actually came back and then played. But they were just like, nah, mate. <laughs> nah, you've lost it. Which is a bit of a shame, really. It wasn't really his fault, you know. <laughs> Anyway, um, whose choice is it? Dave, David's your choice. You've got <sighs> centre-back, a left-back, a midfielder or a striker. We're getting through this like fast, by the way. Uh, yeah, and also going off subject very quickly at the same time. It's brilliant. That's it's absolutely yeah. yeah. Definitely the point. I can do a, a special mention too with a few players as well. Oh, it's got to be a couple. Yeah. We can fill the bench. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good shout, actually. That's a very good shout. Um, so for me, going based on based on that story about like signing players of uh, cultured players, I guess someone who is light years ahead of how we played football. Another centre midfielder who I think and believe is still probably the only player who signed a contract who wasn't allowed to go at the moon. And I'll tell you what, my that, that other centre midfielder was because one of my favourite players growing up as well was Claudio Reyna. I just thought he was immense, Claudio Reyna. And again, just classy, got what we were about. But yeah, I'm gonna pick Stefan Schwartz, I think. Just just light years, just light years away from it, you know. Just absolutely loved him. That's actually not a bad midfield, that when you really think about it. Com- considering he's got Don Love behind him. Mixed with Emerson, Tom, and, and Bomer and Tyson in front. Like the ammunition from that midfield will be half decent. Schwartz, Zenden, and Gibson. <laughs> the feeding Milton Nunes and Patrick and Bomber. <laughs> I tell you what, I can't. I hope you pick that other centre forward, Brad, because from there, the amount of centre forwards that I'm going to give a mention to is just unbelievable. There's a massive obvious one missing at centre half. Brad, it's your choice. I'm not going to. I'll, I'm know who I'm going for if you don't, but. Yeah, I'm going to pick the centre half, and he is probably when we were talking about the biggest cult he was in our history. Well, especially over the last, you'd say, twenty, thirty year. For me, um, player that always stands out, Nyron Nosworthy. Yeah, that's who, exactly who I was going to pick. Love him, Nugsy. I mean, he's the only bloke who could get away with when we're when we're struggling at the wrong end of the table as well, doing a Cruyff turn on the edge of his box against Thierry Henry. It was Ronaldo, um, was it not? Ronaldo, but he was just, he just done it for fun, just done quite turns against people inside his own box. 
Um, I just loved the bloke. I just loved that he got the club again. It was one of them signs back that we got him from Gillingham. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I don't think anyone had really heard of him. And he just cemented himself in Sunderland history of just being Mr. Sunderland for the time he was here. And then no one will ever forget looting away and he's singing down the camera his own song with his shirt off. I absolutely love Nyron. Like, I think I've told this story in the podcast before, but the day that I interviewed him, obviously, was with uh, Rogue Report. And um, when I interviewed him, he was doing a talking at the Fans Museum and he he was there and smooth as silk, his voice, like, smooth, honestly, like, like a Guinness. And funnily enough, that's what he was drinking. And he was piling these Guinnesses down. And I counted about at least 11 Guinnesses that he knocked back. And I thought, there's no chance he'd get up in the morning and do that podcast. It's just not happening. He got up no bother. Like, he smelt tremendous. He smelt absolutely unreal, right? And I, I, I know that's weird, but he did. I'm like, yeah, busy night last night. And he went, mm, four or five. And honestly, he no bags under his eyes. Didn't look worse for wear. Now, he must have packed multiple drinks in because by the time he was leaving to go to seven with Kevin Phillips that was about 11 or 12 and he'd, he'd done like a fair few Guinnesses by that point but he was just the things you could think about with Nyron I he was kind of horrendous at first I remember when he put it out for a corner at Middlesbrough yeah. from the halfway right. line yeah, too right. yeah but one thing that really sticks out for me with Nyron right and I'm hoping people remember it was like 2009-2010 season I think Steve Bruce was in charge because I don't think he got a look in under O'Neill, so it would have been Steve Bruce, I think. Does anyone remember we played Portsmouth at home and he just fell over for no reason and started rolling about the floor? Does no one remember that? He just I, I, There'll be people listening that remember that. He just literally fell on the floor and started rolling about. And I asked him why he did it and he told us, and I cannot remember. I cannot remember for the life of me, but there's so many things that Nugsy did. The Cruyff turn on bloody Ronaldo. Like the confidence to have that, but the, the best thing about Nyron was... You never quite knew what he was going to do, but actually, nine times out of ten, it worked out, didn't it? Yeah, he, he didn't have a clue what he was going to do as well. Yeah. All the fans didn't have a clue. His, his opponents didn't have a clue, but I think nine times out of ten, I don't. I think he just winged it, and it worked. Um, and what I, the only goal I think he ever scored was my friends got it on. He went over to Portugal for the preseason tour. Sporting Lisbon, and night one scored. And a, a, my mate's got a video of him and he went absolutely mental as if he'd just scored the winner's promotion. Berserk. And there was only a couple hundred Sunderland fans there, but they said he celebrated it like this. it was a packed stadium of light. That and one just, is a just, trophy. That one is a trophy, that Albert Ferrer Cup. I think Albert it was. <laughs> so the only the only trophy winner, I think, and I was quite, I mean, Zenden's got one or two and he's locked a like, but none for Sunderland. Um, <laughs> but... Nyron was just, I actually think when we talk about definitions before and I read the definition, Nyron's probably the definition, isn't he, of like cult hero? Yeah, he'd be up there, wouldn't he? I mean, again, when you've got your own song, you've got to be a cult hero, aren't you? And I tell you what, a special mention or another centre off mm-hmm. based on having a song. And I used to serve him beer at underage while I was working with my mum and dad's pub in Pitting, um, was. Dickie Ord. Oh, Dickie Ord. Who needs can't know when you've got Dickie Ord? Honestly, he, he had... What did he have? He had a car, which was... It was something like a Volkswagen Golf. And um, literally, he had... It, it was obviously, like, paid for by Volkswagen. So all over the side of the car was, like, Richard Ord and big red letters in this white <laughs> car. And he's always parking it in the blacksmith's car park before he comes in and has a bite to eat and something to drink. But he was just a legend. I tell you, he was sw- he was a suave bastard as well. His brushed back hair, what a legend! He's also, I think, the only Sunderland player. And I'm, this is going back to when I was very, very young. So the story might be a bit sketchy, but there'll be people with a couple of years on us that remember this. Didn't we play South End at home or something like that? And he shot himself because he had diarrhea, so he gets substituted. Like I'm sure he shot his pants. He was on the verge of shitting his pants. And then he then he had to go home. I'm pretty certain his son's on Twitter somewhere. Can you ask your dad if he's ever shot himself, if you're listening? Um, and then when we got promoted in the Premier League, he wore number eight, and it pissed me off to high heaven. Why the fuck would a defender wear number eight? <laughs> yes. Like, I'm just not, like, I'm just not having that. Like, but, Too old school, yeah. Yeah, like Khaled Boulevard's wearing number nine for Chelsea. 
like this is the, this is a separate podcast. I could go on quite a rant with this. William Gallas, number ten for Arsenal. No, yeah, not having it like at all. Great, greatest, greatest squad number ever. Fifty-two. Uh, no, Chilean international for Inter Milan. Sanchez. Ivan Zamorano. Oh yes, what number was Zamorano again? So I believe he wanted to be originally he was number nine. Then he decided that he'd be number 18 because one and eight, eight was nine. And then he, the giveaway hit that shirt. So he ended up with number 99 and got the plus sign stitched in between the two nines. Oh, that's right. I do remember that. But for me, it would be best squad in the mirror would be Nicholas Bentner, 52. <laughs> Don't know why he was 52. Absolutely no relevance at all. Um, yeah, he's got against Max. You got a special mention for squad numbers. Of, we had a striker who wanted to be number three. Wanted to be, that's why as well. Another one why we said Zenden for the basic fact. Okay, Chelsea. It wasn't the jam. Him and done his own. Just pushed pushed the floor away as he comes in. I tell you uh, what, mind Asamoah Jam broke my heart because I loved him. Well, I've got a thing here for you. I don't know if anyone follows him on Twitter. Right, we're going to break after this, but he posted this on Twitter. And it's a message from his mate. <laughs> don't know why he's posted it, really, to be honest. But it's a message from his mate. It says, what's a WhatsApp? It says, bro, you can't believe this. I went to buy a suitcase to travel back to Ghana here in Croydon. The seller asked if I was Ghanaian. And I said, yes. He asked if I know Asamoah Jan. I laughed so hard and showed him our conversations on my WhatsApp and told him, you, you are my brother. Bro, the guy just dashed me £95 suitcase for free. Says he's from Sunderland and he's a stone Sunderland supporter. Bro, I'm going to write your name on my forehead so I can get more free stuff. <laughs> I mean, so go with that and the fact that there is wrong rumours, not confirmed by the way, but they're like him and his mates sacrificed someone. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> oh, for legal reasons, we have to completely say we do not believe that. True. But I do remember the rumor. Um, Asimov, if you're listening, we don't, we don't feel you sacrificed anyone. We just remember the rumor. Um, perfect place to leave us. That. Um, we'll leave you with a break. We'll, we'll be back after a small interlude, which I can hopefully find the, uh, the stock music for um, when I'm editing. Because we'll actually just going to be back in another minute. We're only having a break because Zoom cuts us out after 40 minutes. And I thought it would be a funny idea to have a break. So <laughs> we'll be back in. A, for you, it might be a minute. For us, it'll be about 30 seconds. See you soon. To the, the second part, thanks so much if you've managed to endure our ridiculous picks so far. Um, if you've managed to get sort of 30, 40 minutes into the pod, I do commend you. You definitely have 100% subscribed, and I know that. Um, you'll be used to that, but you can probably hear my cat in the background crying for food. Um, the podcast will be happening. You're going to have to just deal with it. So, so far, our team is as follows. We've got Jürgen Match on goal. We've got Don Love at the right back. Emerson, Tom and Nyron at the back. That's that's a bomb scare of defence. Uh, we're still waiting on our left back. We've got half decent midfield with Schwartzy, Darren Gibson, and Bolo Zenden. And then we've got a horrendous forward line of Milton Nunes and Patrick and Bomber. <laughs> um, we are going to choose a bench, but Brad, I believe it is your choice. So you've got a left back or a centre forward to go next. Where are you going, mate? It's your choice, mm. Matt Is your it my choice? choice? It's your choice. Yeah. Just testing you. Just testing you. I think. I was going to take that, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to go with a forward and I'm going to come away from silly season, right? Because I want him in the team because he's the, not the only player, but one player that made me genuinely like stand up and go, oh, he's got the ball. When he was class, he was class. Sometimes he was a bit inconsistent. I get that. But I thought he was absolutely meant. He gives a great night at Middlesbrough. Uh, fantastic night at Borough scored some stupidly good goals against Norwich Swansea them lot up the road and I just think with his song and he's 
the definition that it has to be memorable and the fact that I want to go away from silly season a little bit, I'm going to go with Cess, Stefan Cessnion, just to add a little bit of quality to Patrick and Bomer and Tyson Nunes. <laughs> the, the, the worry being, and Bomer and Tyson are not really going to score goals. And Cess was great, but he had like lead boots. He couldn't shoot for love and money. I think he scored like one proper belter and that was against Fulham away. It was a screamer. But how many times did we see Cess just launch the ball about 40 yards over the ball after beating like five or six players? So the forward line's not going to score goals, but it's got that little bit of quality in with Cess. I think that's a, I think that's fair. I, I tell you what, I've just suddenly thought of it and there's there's got to be one person who is like a football manager geek who needs to make this team on Football Manager mm-hmm. or as close as you can possibly get it and generate a season and see what happens because I'm intrigued. You concede tons, I think. You've pretty much got Emerson Tom trying to hold that defence together and potentially Nyron. It depends which macho you get. Do you get the macho that was normal macho? Do you get the macho that was like ridiculous for a game? Yeah. Yeah. I reckon the midfield holds it together, though, didn't it? Aye. I mean, the midfield's decent. Zenden and Schwartz in the middle. That's two very cultured midfielders alongside a very uncultured Irishman. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Darren. (laughs) Probably a bit true based on your time at Sunderland. Um, Dave, you get the final pick, a left back. Now, I I think there's some decent left backs. There's 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 an idea in my head, and it's not a daft idea. There's a good idea, but I'm not going to. I'm not going to inject any of my ideas in your head. I'm going to let you go for it. Uh, for me, and again, it's because of my age, so I can't get away from it, but he is the epitome, surely, of a cult hero. It's got to be Julio Walker, because oh, he just gets it. Went and played for Borough, who, all right, Borough fans might think that we're big rivals. We don't think we are. Like, generally, he went to Borough, and we still love him. Like, yeah, absolute hero in my boot. Like, so yeah, I'm going Julio, I think. I kind of agree that is the epitome of a, a cult hero. I think up there with Nyron, Julio is like, I, I mean, I prefer who- left wing, but he did score a goal from his own half by chipping the goalkeeper Bradford from, from left back. Yeah, he was just class, though, wasn't he? I, th- I he think was he'd prob- have been, I'll be honest, when I was growing up, that was that was like my the Julio arc at time was just like. I just love the blokes. I can't really disagree with that one. Definitely, mate. I think, I tell you what, I think what stopped him from, there's a lot of people nowadays like to say that he was overrated. And I understand what they're getting at. I don't agree with them in any way, shape or form. But I tell you what, what stopped him from being a very, very, very good top-end player was just a yard of pace. If he had that extra yard of pace, I think he'd have been excellent. Like, superb. I think he was excellent for us anyway. But I think he would have been superb. So, uh, but yeah, he, he just his touch, his vision. He's yeah, he, he was good footballer for me. Do you remember when <laughs> Kevin Kilban used to play ahead of him? <laughs> oh dear, yeah. killer, killer. See, I am. I, I'm like not too far from Middlesbrough. Um, so I've got a lot of friends that are Borough fans and they love him as well. They the way they talk about him is just how we talked about him. He's just a just they just love him. Uh and they said the same. He's not quick, but he's he's just his skill was unmatched in their team as well. Um so yeah, I, I can't disagree with the Julio Arco, but like Graham said, I I remember him more as a as a winger than a left back. Um, but I know then he did he did slot in there. I think the majority of the time he did play in the Middlesbrough as well. Playing centre mid as well. I remember it. Gareth Southgate put him in centre mid alongside George Boating. I think it was a Borough. Um, but yeah, no, I like Julio. I do like Julio a lot. Um, I think that's not a bad show. So our final team then, I'm gutted. I didn't get one player in, so he's going to have to go on the bench because he's my favourite ever Sunderland player. And people find it weird. You'll find... like. I haven't said who it is, but the I people have kicked off and been like, oh, fucking shut up, man. Can I be your favourite of a Sunderland player ever? But he is, so just deal with it, right? Um, so the team, Jürgen Macho and goal, Don Love, right back, Emerson Tom, Nyron Nosworthy, centre-back, Julio, left-back, Schwartzy, Darren Gibson, Bolo's ending in the middle, and Bomer, Tyson Nunes, and Cess up front. So that is the most Frankenstein team 
that we've probably ever come across. But we didn't say it was going to be anything but cult heroes. And the definition of cult heroes was memorable for specific reasons. All of them are memorable in one way or another. Um, I believe it's Brad's choice, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave this to you, right? You can either have the manager or the first pick on the bench. I'll go on first pick on the bench. I'll leave a manager to one of yours unless I'm left with it at the end. Uh, first pick on the bench. Going to be my right back that I wanted to put in the starting team. And he's only remembered for one moment, and that is against the scum. Bobbin with his little mop head running down the wing. Don Hutchison pointing for 30 seconds where he wants him to run until he clicked on, ah, I better run inside. Don slipped him through and he slotted under Glitcher Givens' legs and he just ran away not knowing what he'd just done. And that's Patrice Carter on. That's a good one moment, moment only. He was brought in to cover Chris, was it Chris Megan? Chris Megan. Aye, he's covering he Chris Megan. For the next six months so we can get a good right back. And he came in and he scored against the scum. For me, that, that's just legend status on its own. He still loves Sunderland in that as well, doesn't he? He's done like interviews in that back in years, like back in France and being like, oh yeah, my seven games at Sunderland. But I just loved his face when he scored against Newcastle. He had that sort of face like, oh fuck, what have I done? Like that kind of face where he, he just clicked on at that moment what he actually done. And I know it ended up being 1-1 and they duffed a goal a few minutes later. But the minute he scored that and everyone was going absolutely mental, there was just a period of time where you seen his face going, oh, shit, what have I done here? Like, But Don Hutchison was pointing for like 30 seconds and the mag still didn't pick up on it. But I just remember watching, like we were talking about the, the videos of the old seasons and I could just watch that Patrice Carter on running through and I just laughed. Like he was he was running one way and Don Hutchison is pointing at him and like you say their fullback has been taught where he's going to run <laughs> and even kind of want to stand and then he finally went there and their fullback still hadn't tracked him and it was just brilliant and the fact he makes Shea given it was probably and as much as I hate you I suppose one of the best goalkeepers the Premier League's had he's slotted oh, under best. his legs one of our best as much as it's horrible to say might lose a few subscribers for that but it was class for six months but anyway went to the mag so for 10 years so yeah he can get noted yeah. um, I'm tempted to put Steve Harper in my team now just for the face he pulled when we sent them lot down <laughs> but because um, he's on our bench that night he had the saddest face I've ever seen in my life Steve Harper sent him for something it was like the sad emoji just his face but not yellow um, but anyway I'm blocked by him on that's coming a theme now I'm blocked by Joel Osoro Carlos Queller and Steve Harper. Darren Bent and uh, Piers Morgan. That's not, to be fair, if you're going to get blocked by someone, that's not bad. Like, mine's just but, uh, random. Like, why would Joel Osoro block Piers, me? It's quite amazing that Piers Morgan has blocked me again because I, I, I lost my last Twitter. So I've only had my new one about two months and he's blocked me again. So he must have seen my name pop up with that same photo. I went, fuck that. <laughs> Hates you more than he hates Megan Markle. Um, I'm going to go next bench option. And I thought I was going to make silly choices and I went and made serious choices the last two. But I did love him. And he bought us a coffee in um, Magdeburg, I think it was. Um, Jan Kirchhoff, my favourite ever Sunderland player. I just loved him. I just for, for me, he was just one of those players that, like, oozed class that would have never ever been at Sunderland if it wasn't for the simple fact that he was literally made of like what's it I mean he was oh he was I mean obviously I think when I spoke to him he had a bit of he wasn't a fan of David Moyes and he really liked Sam Allardyce which to be fair kind of goes with the pattern of a lot of Sunderland fans but he went to Bolton and then he went like a third division German club and it was just like oh he's so talented like and I just loved him for like six months. He was just the best midfielder I've ever seen at Sunderland. Um, and I know that's controversial, right? I know people are going to go, oh, fuck off. But I just thought he was absolutely class. Aside from his debut, which was absolutely horrendous. And technically, adds into his cult hero status. But um, I've got three more spaces left on the bench, Dave. Um, so you're next. Oh, my God. It's absolute carnage, this. Because there's names I'm going to have to mention before we finish. So, like... The more we talk about things, the more that just pop up in my head. Um, so going off great or shite debuts, I've got one for later if nobody mentions them. 
But I think we need like we need a little bit of balance on the bench. So I think we need another centre forward who's like gonna pull us out the shite when we need a goal. And I tell you what, I don't know if it'll ring any bells for anyone. Brad might be a bit too young again. But there was a player that we signed. In fact, I think it was a it was a double signing at the same time. Um and it was I think we paid nine million. Yeah, in fact, no, I'm lying. Sorry, I'm I'm going off on a tangent because they were both shite. So, my uh, my cult hero centre forward to get us out of shit when we need a goal is Lillian Lislon. because the bloke used to try and score an overhead kick every fucking week, and the bastard couldn't score in general. Like he couldn't score in general. And he used to try overhead kicks from the fucking halfway line. And he used to infuriate the life out of me. And that was when I had my season ticket. And that was just like the decline. I'm like, why are we trying to replace the likes of Quinn with Lillian Lislond? And I think at the time, did, did we sign him from Bordeaux possibly? Bordeaux. And I think Bordeaux were probably like European football team by then. You know, so he came with a bit of a, and he was shit. He was absolutely woeful. His hair was nice. I'll give him his due. His hair was nice. Neville Ramsey. A lovely diamond earring. That's he all I remember from it. A lovely diamond earring with a nice haircut. But fuck me, he was bad. Yeah, but but just because he was so bad, I look back on him now and I'm like, eh, you tried hard. I liked you. You know? He was shite. It was horrendous. Like, I mean, that bench is stinking apart from Kirchhoff. It kind of goes with, <laughs> kind of goes with the, the, the territory of the team, I guess. It's it's so it's proper Frankenstein. It's like you've you've picked up like some really good like muscly arms, but then you've like picked up like a malnutritioned leg. Do you know what I mean? Like it's like that's the Frankenstein Sunderland team. But Brad, it's it's your choice. We've got two more choices for the bench, so I get. I get the last choice on the bench. You get the second last choice, and then we'll all, we'll all come together for choice of manager. I think. Yeah. So I'm going to pick, and it might sound like I'm licking his ass, right? Because he's like I talked to him a lot, and I, he would have been in my starting lineup. But again, the era I was in growing up, knowing him, like knowing watching him play, and he won our player of the year as well. Is I've got to put Danny Collins in there somewhere. Aye, DC. There's another lad who has got, who just gets the area. I mean, he's not from around here. He's came up and played for us. He's left and then he's came back here and he's still involved with the club. He just, he gets the club. But what a footballer he was as well. But you're right in what he says. He was a good player for us. He totally got it. He came back from, I mean, pretty poor when we first got him. That mistake against Plymouth was fucking shite. Like heads at the Barry Hills and bangs it in the bottom corner, getting a bit torn off Plymouth. Crap. But he came back, he made a new position. He's obviously on the commentary team. He lives in the area. He gets it. He loves he loves Sunderland. Like you can see that a mile off. So I think I'd be t- I, would I take I would probably pick DC over Julio at left back. Obviously we can't because the choice has been made. And that's no, harsh on Julio. But that's that's what that was my thinking. I, when he said Julio, I was like, yeah, I can't disagree because Julio's bullying, but I was when I was on centre half, there was a toss up between Nyon and Danny. But obviously, we said Nyon is probably the ultimate cult hero, and that's what we were looking at. But Danny's got to go in there somewhere for the basic fact that he, when he's come back as well, he's, he gets credit to him. He makes his own time to get involved with all fan groups. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he he makes time to speak to anyone, and I just think the lad was his class as well. I think we could do with a winger, Graham. If I'm honest. Uh, I've got a winger. I can't say. You know what? One of our crabbers earlier in his commentary. His commentary always comes back for that for that for that reason. Oh, Carlos is a good shout. Right, I'll give you two. Right, and I'll let you decide who gets on the bench. So Carlos is going to be the other one, right? Because Carlos was class, and like just the goals he scored in that six month period was mint. Another player that loves the area. I'm also tempted by Andy Reid. Andy Reid, bloody hell, great shout. I mean, Andy Reid's a... Oh, there's a few here. Oh, am I going to go call us Andy Reid? You. Uh, he put. He came on and he put that crossfield pass to Darrell Murphy. Into perfect. Game. Oh, has any Walker Park cult heroes that I've missed, though? 
I'll tell you what, mind. I'll tell you what, mind. If we're if we're talking about Roger Park cult heroes, you you can't not talk about Martin Smith, can you? Oh, Smithy. How can you miss how much if you're talking about Roger Park in our our early years, Graham? You can't miss him out. And Smithy's more versatile. You see, I look at Craig Russell, but he's got the mags again, so he's not getting in the team. He's not getting oh, anywhere near. Don Goodman, it's a great show. Oh, Big bad Don. All time eleven now, aren't we? <laughs> and then, and then, and then just, I mean, now I'm just <laughs> chucking everyone in, and at the end, they're like, "Oh, right, this guy and that guy." I think, I think, and this is nostalgic reasons, and I'm sorry, Carlos, because you were very, very close. Um, but I think I'm going to have to go Smithy because Son of Pele, something through and through. Played this in James's part and got booed. I was there by the mags, got booed at playing for England at 21s, then yeah. scored against them. And they were saying, Macklin wants to score when he played for Sheffield United and he gave them the 2-1 when we just beat them. And if we're talking from a team perspective, he could play on the right wing, but he could also play up front. So you've got that little bit of versatility. You know what, Graham, final answer, I'm going Martin Smith. Yeah, there isn't a there isn't a person, especially at our age, who could argue with Martin Smith being in that squad. Not how is, at all. How has our bench ended up better than our starting eleven? <laughs> like, our five aside, <laughs> like you would be making the five changes, wouldn't you? You'd be begging the FA. How they've all they've all got COVID, man. Like the the the, the court, long COVID. You've got so we've got Macho Don Love, Emerson, Tom, Nyron, Julio, Schwartzy, Darren Gibson, Bolo Zenden. Paragon Bomber, Tyson and Sess. Then your bench is Carter on Kirchhoff, Land, Danny Collins and Martin Smith. That bench is better. We've got and, uh, a better bench. I, I, don't, I don't remember much of Martin Smith. The one thing I do think I do remember, did he score from near the halfway line against Tranmere at home at the Hudders, stage of my light? Huddersfield. Yeah. Huddersfield at the stage of my light. And that's the only real memory I've got like in person. But I'd say I've watched the review things and stuff like that. Yeah, he was a good player. Like Nicky Bridges would have been a shout as well. Nicky Bridges, coolest Bridges. Yeah, but also one of the defenders. But also, also one of the Jordies. That's it. I'll t- tell you what, some special mentions. Talking about cult heroes, centre arts. I think we all thought we'd get in like an absolute superstar after his debut against Arsenal, I believe. Stanislav Varga. Stan. Big Stan. Back again, didn't he? Oh, mate, Stanislav Varga. And then people who we hear, Lorik Sana. He was on my list. Lorik only Sana. there, yeah, I'm with you, Brad. He was only there for a year, but everyone fell in love with him. Everyone fell in love with him. I've went and chose Darren Gibson over Lee Catamore. What the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, I, I also had Kevin Richardson written down as well. Oh, yeah, I'll tell you see, what. See, if we'd been serious rather than stupid, we could have had a whole different podcast. Right. Well, do another pod of all time 11s. Do you know what the funny thing I... is, though? We're sitting discussing this now, and everyone listening to the pod that's made it this far has been saying this the whole way through. <laughs> yeah, possibly. So if you've arrived at this point with us, we we arrived at your viewpoint quite late. Um, we've got one more to go. We've got manager, right? Now, I, I think in my lifetime, there's four managers. That I've maybe five that I've really liked. Obviously, Reedy's the big one. Big Sam is a massive one. Gustavo, big one. Big Mick, love Big Mick. Mick Mac. And then probably Keen. That's who I was thinking of, of course, Roy Keen. And off the top of my head, they're the ones that I like the most, right? So I'm going to pick a manager out of that and I'm going to make my point for it, right? And we've all got to agree who's got the best point here. That's what, that's that's how this is going, right? So I'm going Mick McCarthy, right? The reason I'm going Mick McCarthy is very, very, very simple. He got a team with the likes of Jeff Whitley, Sean Thornton, a, a very injured reprone and knackered Michael Bridges, Neil Collins, bad Danny Collins, Liam Lawrence, and a lot of like unknown players and relatively average ones promoted out of the championship. Yes, we know what happened this season after that. But I reckon if anyone's going to get Macho, Donlove, Tom, Darren Gibson and Bournemouth Tyson playing with that little bit of quality in there, I think it would be 
I think it would be Mick Mac, but that that's that's my vote. But but I'll go with Dave next to your vote. So just because it's a massive case of and we can't attest to it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna give me old man a shout out because of how he was. I tell you what, to get a group of underdogs, because that's what our team is. We are underdogs. There's no looking at that eleven. Yeah, I don't even think we beat the worst Premier League side ever, which is Derby. But I'm going to say Bob Storble. That's uh, that is my shout. I've got nothing to go off because obviously I didn't see any of the 73. I was of what 13 minus 13. I was, but to go up against a team of absolute superstars in what was Leeds United and put out a performance. With yeah, there were some good players in there, but yeah, my vote's going to be for Bob Stoble. So, are we yeah. over? Are we overlooking Mick Buxton here, <laughs> or Terry Butcher for that matter? Definitely not overlooking Terry Butcher. I wouldn't tell him that with his face, like, but Howard Wilkinson and Steve Cottle, dream team. <sighs> Makes me angry, mate, as well. Trust me, Brad. Where are you going? Hey. I was st- sticking on with cult hero status, and then it's the not not just because he was all, like a brilliant manager for us in the time he was here. I think there's a photo of them in the chain, training ground where they're all just wearing sunglasses, and I think modern day Roy King would look back at that and be very angry with himself. What is he doing? <laughs> um, and again, he took a team. If we're going off what he'd done, he took a team that were bottom of the championship, bought nearly fucking every player in England that was available and got us promoted in the same season. And I just loved, I just love Roy Keane. Um, I just think he, again, he, even though he'd been at Man United, I think he got the club. He understood the fans and the fans loved him as well. Um, and it will always leave a sour taste for me of how he left because I would have always thought another couple of years what would have happened because I think we sort of didn't ever kick on after he left. But uh, Roy came for me. The the one, if we're talking about cult heroes in terms of managers, I'm sticking by the starting eleven that we've got. And is genuinely an absolute legend at the club. Niall Quinn, the manager. Fucking <laughs> clue. So, um, yeah. I think it's hard, right? Because I said Mick Mack and I have my valid reasons. And I, I'm... Echoing everything Brad's just said a hundred percent, but I cannot, as a Sunderland fan, even though I wasn't alive, I cannot go against Bob Stoko. Is that I mean, there's a fucking statue outside of him. Imagine if I went, no, no, <laughs> Mick McCarthy. Like, I we, we cannot go against Bob Stoko for that management camera, the ultimate hero, cult hero, like memorable for all the yeah. right reasons. Um, just that stance, that what does it mean to us all? What does it mean to us all? But so, I, I, t- I tell you what, though, so there seems like we've got a few minutes left. Who is Bob Stoko's number two out of Micmac and Roy King? Oh. I'll let you decide that one, Dave, because we went with you, yours as the gaffer. I know where I'm going with it, and I've got a reason behind it. Micmac, for- as far as I'm aware, has never been an assistant. Roy King has. Shout. Great so, shout. Sorry, Mick. Sorry, fella. We couldn't have them both because they'd kill each other, let's be honest. <laughs> to be fair, <laughs> I mean, we'll put Patrick and Bomber and Tyson up front, so if we're talking about bad parents, they <laughs> wouldn't be the worst in the team, would it? But um, I hope everyone's enjoyed sort of coming with us. We've had a laugh with it, and that's kind of all it's intended to be. Um, I think we've had fun with it. We're obviously fully aware that some of the choices are absolutely bizarre and mental. Uh, but we want to do something a little different. You know, something different to like maybe a quiz like we did last year or, or something different to a, a review of, of the year or something like that. And, and hopefully it's been a, a good idea that you've enjoyed and, and brought back some good memories and hopefully some last. And if it hasn't, no harm. The preview show is going to be back next week. You can tune into that. Um, but thanks for joining us. We've been What the Fork. Obviously, Dave's been Dave, Brad's been Brad, and, uh, and I, I've been myself, the host, as always, Graham. Thank you very much. Thank you.